I'm Denise. She's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise. She's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Editing Podcast. So this week, we're looking at proofreading PDFs and five things you can do to get the best out of the process. That's right. And specifically, we're going to be talking about marking up PDFs using Adobe Reader DC, because it's one of the most common methods of proofreading on screen. It absolutely is. All my publisher clients and many of my non-publisher clients use it as part of their publishing workflow. Now we want to be clear that Adobe Reader DC isn't the only option. I use the excellent and very affordable PDF Exchange, and some of you might be using other software. But since DC is free and well known, that's what we're going to focus on in this episode. Yeah, and actually, you'll probably find that most of these tips can be applied to whatever software you're using. So, mm. Harmby, why don't you kick mm. us off with the first tip? Okie doke. So uh, the first one is to rotate the view. Mm -hmm. So if you're working on highly illustrated or graphic PDFs, for example, you might be confronted with a page where the text is laid out vertically in some places or at some other angle that means you have to crick your neck to check it. Yeah. So in some of the educational materials I work on, the answer key at the bottom of a page might be deliberately upside down so that they're not immediately available to the reader. So what I do is use rotate view to turn the page in 90 degree increments, either clockwise or anticlockwise. And that means I'm not straining my neck. Or doing acrobatics at your desk. Now, I quite like the idea of that. Watching you do it, I mean, while I sit back with a cuppa and enjoy the show. <laughs> you really wouldn't want to. You're sort of a Cirque du Soleil for proofreaders. I really, I really don't think so, Harmby. Oh, God, just the thought of it. <laughs> so, um, in DC, what you do is you look at the top left of the menu under View. And there you'll see the Rotate View function in the drop-down menu. And from there, you can shift the page clockwise or anti-clockwise, or you can use the keyboard shortcuts to do that. I like the way they actually show these in the menu, so you don't have to go hunting around for the information. Mm, definitely. So tip two is to use the Show Cover View in Two-Page View function. Got this one so handy. <laughs> oh, it really is, yeah. So how many times have you tried to look at a double page spread, but the recto and verso aren't displayed properly? Too many. I mean, I don't proofread on screen anymore, um, but back in the day when I did, I remember the first time I came across this problem and, and I was just like, well, they, how, how am I going to check my page depth? Yeah. And, and, and oh, what and then, on here? Yeah. yeah. And then I discovered the solution. So, um, so the recto page, which will show up on the right when the reader opens, say, the print version of the book, um, let's say that shows up on the left in the PDF view and the verso, which should be on the left, um, shows up on the right. Um, so that's the problem. And there's a quick fix to it. There is. Yeah. So what you need to do is, again, you go to view and then page display. And then there in the drop down box, you make sure that show cover page in two page view is ticked. And what this does is treat the front cover page as a separate item and it shifts the display over so that your rectos and versos are now displaying just as they would be if you were looking at the hard copy, at least most of the time, because that doesn't quite always work, does it, Denise? Not always, no. Um, we, and we certainly don't want to assume that this is the default position because there'll be times when your PDF doesn't have a cover page perhaps because you're proofreading a, a distinct unit from a book rather than the whole thing. 
And so if that box is ticked, it's going to throw everything out because it will treat the first page of the double page spread as the cover page. Mm. So in that case, you need to make sure that it's unticked. Exactly. So pay attention to the page numbers if you if you want to check. Page numbers on rectos or right-hand pages are always odd numbers. And page numbers on versos or left-hand pages are always even numbers. And that means you can easily see whether the display is correct or not. And again, with um, with if you're working on educational and highly illustrated materials, it's often really easy to spot because sometimes images are crossing both pages of a double page spread. So it's very clear if the recto verso um, alignment is out um, and that will mm. alert you to it. It's not so obvious if it's just text on a page. Yeah. And if there are no page numbers and there isn't anything, any indication mm -hmm. like this, it's probably just worth checking with your project manager to make sure that um, mm. uh, yeah. <laughs> the file's not gone wonky. Yeah. 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 So, tip three is for when you have large amounts of corrected text. And the tip here is to attach a Word file. So, in this scenario, you might find that you have a huge number of corrections that need to be made to just perhaps one or two paragraphs. Or you might need to replace an entire section of text. And marking up the PDF with stamps or DC's onboard markup tools might mean you're really littering the page with comments and highlights and goodness knows what else. It just gets a bit messy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, there might be times when you can use the commenting tool just to go in and replace the text. But you might find that when you do that, any special formatting that you need is impossible to replicate in there. Mm. So instead, you can create your replacement text in a Word document, fully format it and save it. And then you use the attach file tool. Now in DC, you can find this in the ribbon menu at the top of the page. It's a paperclip icon. And if you click on it, you can browse for the Word file you created and attach it to your PDF. Yeah, and this paperclip icon can be customized. So you can change it to look like a pin or a little graph icon or a little tag icon. And you can even customize the color too. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Once you've attached your file, you can hover over the pinned icon and that displays the file name. And there's also a comment box where you can add instructions for your typesetter or yeah. colleague, if you want, whoever's whoever's going to be working on the text after whoever's you. Whoever's receiving it, yeah. And one other thing I'd mention is that this tool is also useful for leaving um, a document with global instructions or general comments for your client or typesetter at the beginning of the file. So at the top of the first page is where mm -hmm. I would often put something like that. So tip number four, I wanted to see tip number four, please. Like I'm <laughs> sta standing in the post office or Primark or something. Oh, oh right, tell number four. Tell yeah. number four, yeah, tell yeah. number four, please. Um, so anyway. Tip number four is to avoid using floating sticky notes. So the issue here is that adding a sticky note is, is the easiest, probably the easiest way of adding general comments to your PDF markup. And it's generally the thing that most people will think of to do if they don't know much about marking up PDFs. Yeah, it's quick. It's quick, it's quick and it's yep. obvious. I'll put a sticky note mm -hmm. on it and I'll write mm -hmm. in my sticky note what it is I want people to do. Problem is, I absolutely don't recommend this for accurate markup. And that is because they float. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah it's a good one. <laughs> so you think you've placed a note where you want it. 
but actually the position changes when you open and close the PDF, mm. which means your comment about a change you want made might appear to refer to a particular ways or phrase you didn't, a word or phrase you didn't intend. Mm. It, it really is too inaccurate to risk for professional proofreading anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. A much It's fine for general comments, but yeah. a much better alternative is to use the highlighting tool on the target text and then open the pop-up note that's attached to the highlight and you open the pop-up note by right-clicking on the highlighted material. What's happening here is that the pop-up is actually attached to the highlight so you can be sure there's no confusion about where your amendment needs to be made but there's another option isn't there Denise one that's even more precise. Yeah yeah so you can use the add note to replace text tool so to access this you can double click on your text to select it and then right-click that opens up a drop down box and then you'll see that option in there. And what this does is it puts a line through the selected text and you can open the pop up note and type your amendment in there. Yeah. So now for our final tip, this one's about finding invisible errors, you know, you've corrected. Mm -hmm. So probably all of us have done this. You, 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 you open up your PDF. Um, you're just giving it one last check and then you have a bit of a panic because, um, you 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 check a page and you spot an error and you're sure you already marked up for that so there are two things you can do to check in this situation yeah so the first thing is check whether there's an active filter in the comments pane and then the second thing is to check whether you've used the search function in the comments pane so louise let's look at the active filter issue first yeah, so what might be going on is that you filtered the comments by, say, author or type or color, and um, and all of the corrections that aren't included in the filter results are hidden in the comments page, pane and on the page. Yeah. So how do we know if a filter is active? So if there's an active filter, the funnel icon at the top of the comments pane has a blue dot next to it. And to change what's been filtered, you need to click on that funnel icon and then click on anything that's highlighted in the pane and make sure you hit the apply button. Yeah, otherwise it won't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really important to check whether a filter is active, because if you make a new correction without checking this first, you could end up with two identical corrections when the filter is removed and your typesetter or client won't thank you for that. Mm. <laughs> so how about the search function in the comments pane? How might this be hiding your markup? Well, when you search your comments for a particular word or phrase, Adobe Reader DC doesn't just hide the comments that aren't included in your search results in the comments pane, it hides them on the page too, mm. just like with the active filter thing. So the only markup that you'll see in the PDF is whatever meets your search criteria. So you can check if you've forgotten about an active search by looking at the search box. So in the comments pane, there's a magnifying glass icon. Click on it. If it's still populated with your search term and the number of instances found is showing, it's still active and the rest of your markup will be hidden. Yeah. And in that case, you just need to click on the X icon to remove the search term and you'll be good to go. Yeah. So there's just one other thing that I want to mention. Uh, we talked very briefly at the beginning of the episode about different software options for PDF markup, but some new proofreaders worry that a free tool like DC won't be enough. 
yeah, they might think you've got to fork out money. Now, there are certain pieces of software that we think you do need to pay money for. Word, for example, mm. I think. Um, uh, but you don't need a pro tool for PDF markup. And that's because when you're editing in Word, you're directly amending the source document. That's why you need a pro tool, because you need all the functionality available. You're directly amending the text. Yeah. Whereas when you're marking up PDF page proofs, you're just annotating. And DC really is enough to do that efficiently. And of course, if you've already got a pro program like Louise does because you use it for other things, well, then that's fine. Go ahead and use that. But if you don't, DC is good enough and you can save your pennies for other things. But I think part of the problem that we have with this is that the language people use around PDFs and sometimes people talk about editing PDFs mm. and what they mean is marking up. Yeah. So yeah. we have to be really clear what people are being asked to do. Yeah. Some, some professional proofreaders will still talk about, I need to edit this PDF. And when you drill down into actually what they mean is they need to mark it up. Yeah. Um, so it's that and you, whole, sorry and you can I mean you can edit pdf text um, absolutely but and some of our colleagues are required to actually go in and actually alter the pdf and so you do need that extra functionality but mm -hmm. like you say actually when most people talk about editing a pdf what they really mean is they're proofreading and mm -hmm. they need to annotate yes now if you're if you're working in a a traditional publishing workflow and you're the proofreader at the end and you're working on PDFs of laid out pages mm. I'm 99% sure that you are not going to be editing them yeah yeah you're going to be annotating them I think I went well I've heard this it often tends to be people who are maybe working on um magazine layout or yeah, when absolutely yeah or they're yeah. working on reports annual reports yeah. or something yeah. and they've got access to mm. professional the um, Adobe Pro and they can actually go in and edit the source material because yeah. that's the key thing about it isn't it now I mean Adobe Pro Acrobat Pro is really expensive now mm. again if you if you if you've already got it uh, um, uh, great but if you're looking for an affordable alternative um, I would recommend PDF Exchange it's mm. got all the same functionality but costs about a tenth of the price yeah <laughs> so definitely worth having a look at anyway yeah and if you're like me then you just don't pay for anything. So <laughs> I've never needed anything other than the free Adobe Reader DC. Yeah. And I have worked with dozens, tens of dozens of global publishers and non-publishers and have only ever been required to use the free version. So it very much depends on the sector you're working in and the type of client you have. Yeah. So assuming you've decided you um, the, the free version's uh, good enough, mm -hmm. then... Um, you can spend your money on other things like course skills training or maybe some new reference books or membership of a professional editing organization mm -hmm. and um, or maybe you want to get yourself a course so if you're new to pdf markup and want to learn how to do it well and efficiently my pal here denise has a brilliant self-paced course called how to mark up pdf page proofs and we'll stick a link in the show notes if you want to find out more about that oh fancy that yeah <laughs> Yes. Well, I thought it, I thought it was only right that I did the promo for that there. I think it would have been a bit self-serving if you'd done yeah. it. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So, so that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to us again. If you'd like to help support the editing podcast, you can join our Patreon community for as little as three pounds a month. 
we'd love to have you on board so if you are interested hop over to patreon.com forward slash editing podcast we'll pop a link to that in the show notes for you too in the meantime she's been denise and she's been louise join us again next time Bye. bye